Welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Crabill, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm speaking with Christopher Chalfont, who is the creator and developer for the fantastic uh, new app that's come out for podcast listeners and for podcasters as well, uh, which is called Chat Pods. Hey, Christopher, thanks for speaking with me today. Hey, Marv, thanks for having me on. Not a problem at all. So what was your own introduction to the world of podcasts? Um, yeah, so uh, my first introduction was to podcasts was probably through YouTube just years ago, uh, starting to try to educate myself around business and technology and uh, teaching myself to program, yep. uh, you know, YouTube videos are oftentimes the podcast. So that acted as kind of a bridge to, you know, going into podcast apps like uh, Spotify is the one I use primarily now. Um, so there's some good AI podcasts I would listen to. There's like Lex Friedman, who has like a wide array of different uh, types of people on topics related to technology and, um, and, then there's like there's just so many different uh, topics. It's that's what's drawn me to to it. I guess there's like so such a variety of different perspectives. Yep. Yeah, I mean that that's a later point in here is the variation in podcasting is incredible. You yeah, know, well, I've said before that whatever subject you are interested in, there will very likely be a podcast out there that will speak about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I love them. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, even to the degree of, um, I, I follow a podcast that's all about the world of um, portable sanitization, you know, and it talk, goes into great detail about that, which is like, you know, you, you know, would somebody really do a podcast about that? Well, yes, they have. If you're into that sort like of thing, and you want to, but like port portable toilet systems, yeah, and things, yeah, okay. there's somebody who talks about them and now the the history of them uh what they're made of what the best sort of equipment for whatever you're going to use oh, is and things like that and and he interviews people that are in the business as well so to speak in the beast in the business and making sure that you do your business yeah i might have to give that a listen you should send it over <laughs> i think it's called get flushed get flushed all right I'll check it out I, th I think at the, at the most, I think the 15 minutes at the most, those episodes. So they're not very long, which is, you know, sort of fits with going to the toilet because you never want to be long with that either. Yeah. Well, that's another benefit of podcasts is that there's all different lengths. You know, you can find everything from five minutes to five hours. The five or six hour ones are usually the history podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, the sagas. You got to put it down and pick it back up again. So from being someone who was checking out podcasts on YouTube and on all these other uh, podcasting uh, streaming services, 
what what made you then suddenly decide that you're right something was needed that was independent it's almost like a grand central station of podcaster podcast listeners to find what they're looking for and eventually podcasters to be able to link with them as well yeah i like that i like the grand central station analogy um so it was about a year ago that I was kind of in between, I always have to have like some kind of project that I'm working on, even on the side. Yeah. Uh, so I was kind of in between those little projects and I've been listening to podcasts so much. Um, and I was really surprised that Spotify didn't have some sort of ability to be more social around the podcast, you know, some commenting at least. Uh, and same with Apple, same with Google Podcasts. You know, there's a few smaller podcast apps that have that as a feature, but then I see, uh, I feel like they're also trying to do a lot of other things. And I just want to focus solely on the socialization around podcasts because there's always these moments when you're listening to something that you want to either share with others. And oftentimes now it's like a text message. You'll say, Hey, check out this podcast. And then you know, maybe if you're lucky in conversation, you'll talk about it another time. But oftentimes it just kind of drops off and nothing ever comes from that, even though there could have been a rich, fulfilling conversation around that particular podcast or a segment of the podcast. Um, so in a lot of ways, I just wanted to build this app uh, for my own use case. And I talked to enough people, I did enough research that I started to feel confident that others would also be interested in this. So that's when I decided to pull the trigger. It's taken me a lot longer to fully launch than I expected, but you know, uh, we're there now. You are absolutely. And you know, well done on the work that you've done. I mean, what, what I was hinting at there in a sense is that as much as, you know, we, we all do it as podcasters, at the end we'll say you can contact us here, 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 and this and, and chat with us and this and that. The thing is that even if you give those social network links, the inherent problem with social networking is that if you don't pay attention to it all of the time, it changes constantly. So you will miss certain things. So as a podcaster... It can get irritating because you've got a wealth of things to be able to keep in touch with in your personal profiles and everything else, this, that, and the other. You, you could almost miss this connect, connectivity with the listener, which is which is awful because that's 100% uh, something that you really need to do as a podcaster is be able to do that. And uh, So having somewhere that is like a conduit for people to be able to communicate in that way gives a place where then 100% you know that you're not going to lose that information with the algorithms that are in place with all of the other social networks. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a place that not only do you have all everyone else's conversations, but you have your own and you have a place on your profile where you can go and see the comments that you made previously. And, uh, you know, that'll help keep keep catalogs of the podcast episodes that you listen to and you know right now i've laid the foundation for what can be a lot of beneficial features built in the future so that 
I'm, I'm going to do my best to listen to users and listen to feedback and just kind of continue to improve the product as much as I can. I mean, in some cases, like you said, this subject, which, um, so when this comes out, the, the episode I'm about to mention will have come out. I mean, it's, it's already available in video form on, on another feed at the moment on YouTube. But I had a conversation with a group of podcasters about AI, for instance. And the thing is that even in that situation, because we had an hour and 15 minutes, one of the people was busy and we we had a specific period or whatever. And we didn't even touch the surface of the of all the items that I'd got written down as points to look at. Uh, we only touched like one or two items and it was all about the debate of it. But that explains how some of these subjects are so full, you know, they've got so rich uh, a possibility there that it's almost like one of those good films that you go to see that makes a point and you go there afterward, go after afterwards after you've seen the film, you carry on talking about it between yourself and your friends. Oh, did, did you see this film? Or in this case, did you listen to this right. podcast? It was all about this. What did you think? Well, I've heard this about AI, that they did this, that there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. I mean, you know, it's such a huge thing. It's like when there's one moment in the show where I'm saying, because there's six of us, and someone says, well, how many of you actually use AI? And then a few of us put our hands up, because, I mean, I use AI because I've got an iPhone. And, you know, mm. and I said, and then when a couple of them didn't, I said, well, you do realise that when you use Siri and the the Amazon Amazon device. I'm not going to shout the Amazon device because I have it. And that one, you just have to shout its name and it reacts. And I'm not going there. Uh, you can never shut the things up when they start. Um, yeah. But, you know, I said to them, if you use those, you are using a type of AI, essentially. And, you know, and I said, sure. most people's cars now are inbuilt with an AI in, in essence, because diagnostics yeah. in, a, in a car they are based on an AI, but not quite to the same degree, but they are. So it's all over the world. So all I'm saying is that it allows a place to continue that conversation further because as a podcaster, I'm only introducing people to these subjects or we are introducing people to these subjects. Right, exactly. For them to be able to go from there and and be able to take it further and see where where, where that what is their yeah. understanding of it yeah and then you know inevitably there could just be a a, a simple mention of a concept or a topic yep. you know and then it just unfolds into this huge other realm of of thinking like there's so much potential for the the conversation to evolve if you give it that that dynamic you know text format uh, but but the dynamism of uh, you know bringing in other conversations over time. It's not just the live feed either, you know, because oftentimes those are just kind of frantic, uh, too too much. Uh, or the the live feed comments are kind of for a different reason. You know, they're they're, they're they have their benefits, and maybe at some point we'll get into that space also, but. 
Yeah. And what you're saying, it's applicable to just about every different topic too. You know, if it's history, if it's porta potties, you know, <laughs> inevitably there's some little detail that you can go deeper on. Obviously, because, you know, we've got podcasts on them. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got um, the listeners themselves who may actually know a lot. They yeah. may actually know a ton of the topic and bring some real substance to the conversation, you know, and, and in that too, maybe podcasters at some point can, can use chat pods to, you know, come up with guests and solve other problems that they're having, you know, other challenges. I mean, I've pointed out on, on uh, many times, I love the one or two times where I've spoken with listeners as opposed to podcasters. A lot. I've enjoyed really listening to talking with listeners because then you're getting it from another angle then. And it's sort of like as a podcaster or as me and others as podcasters, I was saying to somebody, I said, that's an interesting side because then we're learning what is it about podcasts that they are listening for, that they are interested in and what they get out of podcast. And in a sense, what can we as podcasters learn from what they tell us? Um, yeah, yeah. So you're saying, like, basically over time, as listeners are commenting and discussing podcasts, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity to inform the podcaster themselves about their own content, yep. right? So then you can spin that off maybe into different topics or you know, bring in the guests that all the the listeners keep suggestion, suggesting. Um, and, and you don't have the clutter also of all the other chatter like Twitter and Instagram because there's so much that is non-podcast related. But I think that podcasts are big enough now that they really deserve their own social platform. Absolutely. And that, that's what we're trying to be. Hi, this is Zach from Belated Binge Harry Potter, and you're listening to Pods Like Us. The, the app itself, then, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to look at uh, this. How did you develop the, the app? Whereabouts is it now, and where do you see it going to? Yeah, so right now, I have laid the foundation for a lot of potential features. Yeah. So right now, you can go search for a podcast. You can listen to your podcast uh, episodes. We have uh, over 2 million different podcasts on the app. Um, there are ways to try and add a podcast, but if you're having issues finding yours, uh, just let us know through the feedback and I'll be quick to uh, add them manually. Um, so you can go through, you listen and you can comment on podcasts as you're listening to them on the episodes. And you can also see a little graph of where the comments are happening and how frequently during the episode. So that's one small thing that can be beneficial to podcasters uh, and to listeners, because maybe you don't want to listen to a four-hour podcast. You just want to see where the interesting conversation is happening. Um, and, you know, that's really the meat of it is just the ability to talk about podcast episodes. And then there's uh, small features that will be um, 
that I've built so that they can be built upon, you know, so I have profiles right now. It's very minimal. You can see your own comments and you can see who you're following. Um, but there's a lot of improvement that's needed there. Um, there's the feed where you can see all the different comments that are happening. And as of right now, until there's more usage, I was planning on just keeping that to be all, all the different comments. But as time goes on, I think users will want that to be more tailored to themselves where it's only showing their particular interests, you know, but then having the ability to see all the podcast, all the, you know, the entire feed also. Um, and then, you know, there's a lot of other features like right now I'm working on still some basic ones like, uh, the ability to manually change the speeds. So you could just like, you know, listen to it on 1.5 speed. Um, the ability to, let's see, basically easily listen to the following episode of a podcast. I think that's something that I've heard listeners having challenges with also with other apps. So I think I can solve that problem. Um, and just like making it really convenient for exactly how listeners want to listen to podcasts and talk about podcasts. So you can also share your comments. Yep. And, and that's another, that's another key thing. You, if you want to text your friend, you can easily just, uh, use the share function and it'll send them a link and it'll bring them to the app where they can either download or go directly into the app uh, to see the comment that you've shared. Right. So, yeah, I think that's that's the bulk of it. Another bit that people will be fascinated with uh, that I'm going to touch on in, in a big way because I really love it is the uh, is the attached blog as well, the blog post mm. that, that you've mm-hmm. included, that you've got on there as well. Which is very thorough, and um, uh, shout out to John Terror who did some uh, great initial uh, blogs for you about the history of podcast yeah. and and the blog posts that you you yourself and John have written are incredibly thorough and informative, and I think uh, would be a really good source for anybody that's interested in the history of podcasting and the potential future of podcasting as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, John does some great work. And uh, yeah, I'm happy with with those articles. A lot of those right now are still AI. The ones you're writing with, the ones that were written by John Tara, that's that's basically all him. Uh, But the others are AI generated through you know, those, the prompting and GPT-4, uh, and even the images are also generated by AI. So it's a little bit of an experiment because I'm not sure how people will interpret that or how they'll feel about reading those content pieces. Um, but SEO benefit too. So I, I'm open feedback on, on that also because it's kind of touchy. It's a little bit of a touchy topic. And my stance is at this time is that as long as I'm disclosing it, I, I don't have a, a problem with it. It's like, 
this is AI. This is not a real person. I've uh, reviewed it for any sort of accuracy and, and flow, but otherwise it is AI. What do you think about that? Um, oh, you've hit a topic there. I mean, <laughs> it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's, in, in, it's intriguing that what, what AI can do. The, the, the only issue potentially is uh, occasionally with the, the aspect of plagiarism sometimes that AI developed or AI created uh, content can sometimes do. But, you know, so long as that is uh, looked at and is, you know, assigned accordingly, then I, I don't see really having a problem with that. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, I hope people don't get, get the wrong message, <laughs> you know, um, just because it triggers a lot of feelings. You know, people are thinking it's taking jobs and stuff, but... It's a it's a huge conversation, so I don't want to divert. <laughs> like like all technology, uh, th there are th th there's a double edged sword thing to it. So there are good and bad points to both. It depends on how you utilize that technology, um, as to what you get from it and and its ethical points. Right. Yeah. Agreed. And I don't like smart bombs, but I think the idea of having an AI that learns so that people can talk who can't talk normally, I think, you know, there we go. Yeah, a lot of benefits. A lot of benefits. Um, but, I mean, what what do you think of the use? What do you, I mean, I, I put technology in podcast, because uh, we'll, we'll go straight to that one instead now. I, 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 would, I would put that because I was thinking of what people use as technology, like, you know, the microphone I'm using, what I use as a mixer, the interface and this, that and the other. But you've hit on another one there without really intending to, which is an intriguing, intriguing side to it all that some people listening won't realise that the AI is being used sometimes by podcasters uh, I mean, Graham Class from Classic Studios does a great job of creating AI presenters, essentially, for his shows, you know, Daily Dad Jokes, The Daily Quiz Show, uh, Get Happy mm. Headlines. He does, I think he does six or seven shows that are AI-generated uh, presenters, in a sense. And he uses GPT to okay. create his content as well. Um, so you've got that. But then you've also got some podcasters, and I didn't realise this until we had the discussion that we'd recorded with these friends of mine and other podcasters. I didn't realise that some podcasters were using AI to create uh, basically a content for the show of the, that they are going to produce. So the AI generates their, I don't know whether it's a script essentially, but what they're going to discuss and the points that they'll include. Yeah, I think... Depends on your type of podcast that you're doing because yep. the, you know, if you're doing a history podcast, you might get some really good content uh, that's descriptive and well written and, and accurate. But then you'll get at least the occasional inaccuracy, which could throw off a lot of people depending on how popular your podcast is. 
So, and that goes for realms beyond podcasts also. But I think there's a lot of people that might be, you know, they, they want to create some revenue. So you might generate content. I mean, it's an incredible operations tool, you know, yeah. for generating ideas, for generating, um, you know, let's see, like even potential guests, if you're high profile enough, you can go get some interesting people that you wouldn't have thought of before. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't personally use it for creating podcasts. So I'm sure someone else would have some some interesting insights into that. Um, yeah, it's it's touchy. It's touchy because I think also the user, the listener base might, they might not be thrilled or they may become less interested uh, if they found out that it was all AI generated, like every bit of it. Um, there's a novelty element to it where they might listen to a few. And I'm, I'm strictly uh, just hypothesizing here. I, I have no idea how they'll actually respond. Maybe the content's good enough. Maybe it's quality enough that they'll continue to listen. But since the current AI GPT-4, it's still like a really advanced statistical model that is, um, you know, too technical, too highly technical people. It's not quite as impressive, I think. Um, because we kind of understand that it's just using statistics, you know, deep learning, you know, on deep, deep neural networks, uh, predictive, uh, you know, it's, it's generating, generating the following, uh, words and sentences based on prediction of what the, the prompt is. So on some level, I just don't know if people will be interested enough. I guess that's what I'm trying to say continually. And I could be very wrong on that. And this, that's also just for this exact moment in time. I'm sure it's going to get better. And I think it's also as good as the user. So you yep. may have someone who's expert in a topic. So they know when to call out issues and they can review the prompts and make it really high quality without the inaccuracies too. So that's another, that's another thought. Absolutely. Like, like I said, I mean, you know, we're just, we're just going on conjecture here and theory and guesswork essentially how we think people would think about these things. Really. Yeah. Speaking of technology, what do you think about technology or what people need to make a podcast? Do you think, I mean, some people would say that a cheap, say, $30 microphone that you plug into your laptop is good to start with. Um, and I mean, I'd, I'd probably go along that sort of thing where you, you could start that way and eventually you'll develop and get something a bit better than that. I think it's I think it's more about the content that you do. So long as people yeah. can hear what you're saying clearly and, mm -hmm. the, you know, try your best to make sure that it comes through clearly in a way that people can hear it. So long as your content is there, that is the starting point, I think. I mean, what do you think about that? Absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with that. Because if you don't have content, you can have the best 
production value, high quality video and audio, interesting visual appeal. But if you don't have substance to the words that are being spoken for a podcast, you're not going to keep an audience. So, and in this world where your follower base kind of follows you, you know, people will have, if you have a social media following, you can pretty well just start a podcast and they'll be listening to you. And that's because of the content of your character that they enjoy, you know, watching. Um, so the content of a podcast is the utmost, of the utmost importance. Absolutely. And I think it, it can be beneficial to upscale your value in time if that's what you want. You know, if, if you want to really take it to the next level and make it more of a business, then, then yeah, you can go that route and try to make a real high quality production. And I, I see some good podcasts out there doing it. And consistency too. Yes. Yep. Consistency. Yeah. Absolutely. If you're releasing episodes, make sure that you try your best to hit those marks on release if you can. The best that you right. can. Right. And also consistency of format too, because I think your listeners are expecting a certain format, a certain cadence. You know, if you're doing interviews one on one or several people, or, you know, it's like, they may not want you to go do man on the street interviews with random people all of a sudden. Um, but it depends. That's, you know, generic advice for the consistency. Hey, it's Gil from the Mind Today's Mind Culture and Social Podcast. And you're listening to. Pods like, like us. us. Uh, this the history of podcast. I, I touched on that, and that that was a, a great blog that was post that was written by John. Um, yep. So, what's what's your own understanding of the history of podcast? Do you do you have like a, a knowledge of where it comes from, or or is that just from John? That I, I have to give full credit to John uh, for that article. You know, I I said, hey, can you write a, an article about this topic? I think it needs to be uh, seen. I think people would value it. And he just pumped it out. And I, I think it's great. Um, I don't have that much of a perspective on podcasts. I've been more of a passive user for, you know, maybe five-ish, five, six years now. Um, but that's about it. You know, I think I've learned a little bit about the technology behind it now, you know, RSS feeds, uh, are pretty interesting. And I think the ecosystem is developing pretty well. You know, it's, it has some, it has some ways to go, but I think we're getting there. I think in the around 20 years, since the inception of RSS feeds, I think it's come a really long way. Okay. To be honest, because uh, I think it was somewhere around 2002. I'm trying to remember from my own knowledge, not, without reading John, I've sort of like looked into it. I think it was the early, about 2002 or something, somewhere around there when the RSS was first developed, I think. And then it took a few years for, for them to do the podcasting thing. I think podcast was 2005 or something. I think the first one or whatever which had something to do with Adam. That's how, 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I should probably brush up on my knowledge of the history of podcasting. Um, yeah, my, my focus is really just like building something useful right now, like at this exact moment. Um, and I'm heavily using RSS feeds, but it's kind of all I need to know uh, to build that app. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Spotify, their acquisition of Anchor has made it really easy for, for people to go out and create a podcast. Um, so that's, that's just kind of a comment on where we are now. Uh, I don't even know what it looked like 15 years ago if someone did want to create a podcast. Like, how was that uh, distributed and consumed by a listener? I really don't know. <laughs> it was not easy because you had to sort of like distribute it in a, in a different way in a sense because you didn't have the distribution um, infrastructure that I mean, there's a huge amount of distribution available now. You could go all over the place for, for you know, Acast, Anchor, Podbean, any all these different places. Um, right. I, I mean, the, the only thing that the only thing with 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 Anchor that I think niggles some people, but it's it's what you're into. I mean, I don't use Anchor. I know people that do. I don't use Anchor, uh, but I can understand people using it because of its simplicity. And I'm not going to knock Anchor in any way because it does a great service. Sure. Uh, the only thing that people, some people pick on it is because of the fact that essentially the whole fact of Anchor owning their their property, their product, essentially, and that's where that comes from. But yeah. it's what you're wanting to put out there and wanting to get out of the podcast, in essence, before you question this thing with Anchor of them owning it or this, that, and the other. Have you got a podcast that... You know, are you going into it? What are you going into it for? That's why you should decide, make the choice of which distribution service you're going to use. And don't just knock Anchor because of that thing. If you're only doing it for for a reason that's, you know, that doesn't that doesn't really mean anything for, that shouldn't really be part of the argument. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, it kind of reminds me of, at first, I was going to make my app heavily paired with Spotify yeah. because they have an API that makes things easy. But then as time went on, I realized that, you know, if they're exclusive to Spotify, they don't, ha they don't allow videos out of their ecosystem. Yeah. So um, that was a big turnoff for me in like heavily relying on them. And ultimately, I decided to build out my own podcast database so that I wouldn't be dependent uh, on, you know, I wouldn't necessarily always have to play by their rules. Now, I, I love Spotify. I think it's yep. a, a great platform and they've done great things for podcasting. Um, and, and that's why, you know, our app, you can sync with your Spotify account and, uh, it's a little bit like the flow is not quite optimal, but I don't know, it's maybe uh, for a different conversation. But um, yeah, ultimately, we just want to have all the podcasts in our app. And um, there's there's a few that are still exclusive 
to to Spotify that I still wanted to be accessible. And that's the big reason I integrated Spotify into this app, into chat pods. That's a, that's a problem that, we've, that, that there is, though, I will say, is the uh, exclusivity with some places, because you find the same with the uh, Amazon uh, podcast, for instance. There are some on there. There's a uh, there's a Batman series on there, audio drama. Um, there's a few of them, actually, where they are exclusive to Amazon and you can't get them on any other podcast uh, provider. So you have to go through through that, which is... It's it's good in a sense, but the problem with all this is that when you've got exclusivity and somebody's out on a walk or on a run, jogging or something, and they all they really want to do in essence is just put their have their earbuds in, go for the jog, and stay on one if they can, just stay on one provider essentially because they don't want to mm. stop the jog and suddenly go well i want to listen to this podcast so that right. means i'm going i'm going to have to get to acast or i'm going to have to go and change and put on the the spotify app or close that open up the google app open up the amazon app and that's what i see is a problem with exclusivity is it's it's less user friendly having to change from one app to another app to another app to another app yeah, I totally agree. And I did everything I could to try and see if Apple had some kind of podcast API that I could tap into because there's also Apple exclusives. Um, and it's not even because they benefit necessarily. It's just because that's how it's emerged. And maybe that podcast just never got around to, you know, making sure that it was available elsewhere. Um yeah, I wish they were all everywhere because of exactly what you're saying. And I've been tempted to try and bring in a podcaster and say, hey, you know, be exclusive to my app. But then it kind of goes against what I just said. You know, it might give people a value, like enough uh, pull to come over and, and be inside the app. But at the same time, um, I want to just focus on usability for the user, what the user wants, uh, like above everything. So if, if it's not exclusivity that the user wants, then I'm probably not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to quote, uh, here, here we go. I'm go I bet you never thought this was going to happen today. I'm going to quote now from Daniel Defoe's um, Three Musketeers. You are one for all. That's what you're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. One for all and all for one. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes. You know, I can't predict the future, um, but that, that is the goal. So should I not go on to the next point then of the world of tomorrow? Sure. Yeah. Hi. I'm Bob Jeffy from the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. You're listening to Pods Like Us. By the way, do you know where whales and dolphins get their news? From podcasts. Bye for now. What do you see in the future then for 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 podcast and for your? We've already touched on a bit, you know, the podcast and where where you think podcasting can go. Yeah. So. I think it can go 
in a few different directions. And I think it's, it's either like some level of, um, centralization or decentralization or like a bundling unbundling kind of effect uh spotify has been trying for a number of years to to be the number one podcast app and they've done a pretty good job but it's not good enough there's still a ton of people who don't use spotify um for whatever reason and then there's a lot of people who are podcasters and podcast listeners that go to podcasts because they're not trying to get information from one single source. So I'm thinking that in the future, there will be the ability to, uh, you know, go to several apps. My goal personally is to, consolidate the conversation i think it would be more convenient for everyone if the unification of all socialization around podcasts on the internet was inside of chat pods and it's more of a convenience thing than a centralization thing and i think there's some other some principles that need to hold true in order to fulfill that vision so for one is basically, you know, freedom of speech to the greatest extent of the law, you know, um, because that's part of why people go to podcasts is because it's just unfiltered in all different directions. You know, you can hear things that I definitely don't want to hear. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, things that are pornographic or uh, you know, gory murder, mis you know, I'm not into that stuff, but you know, if you're, if that's what you're looking for, then, you know, you have the right to go and listen to it. So, you know, our stance as a, as a company is to maintain that to the best of our abilities, you know, within the realm of the law and hold true to that. Uh, absolutely, you know, into the future. And this way we can be trusted to be like a pseudo centralized place where all the conversations can happen. Uh, and I say pseudo centralized because there are possible approaches to the future that maybe I can't even think about right now, but might be able to be innovated on, you know, incorporation with the blockchain or some other new technology that favors decentralization or, um, you know, opening up a, an API to commenting where other apps can use the same set of comments or something like that. Um, so the future of podcasting I see is one where everyone is using chat pods because it is the best app for podcasting. And there probably will still be some exclusives out there, but that's that's the future that I see. Yep. I mean I have I have a slight thing. I know it's ambitious. Yep, it is. <laughs> I mean, look look into the future. I have I have a slight worry about you know, with the the influx recently of um, shall we say, the big produced shows in some ways, it almost becoming 
because in essence when when podcasting first came about there was a it was very much like in the uk and this area we had what you know pirate radio and i think you had pirate radio all over the world which was like stations that were not corporation based in essence it's almost like so in the uk you have a podcast which is completely different back then to what you had on the radio and more and more in a sense you're getting content from some some companies like like the bbc and all these other places where essentially it's it's not got that element to it anymore it's 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 like it's like a radio show whenever you want to hear it which is i mean i'm i'm not putting that down i like that i listen to a lot of bbc um uh, biographies and you know outs you know mm-hmm. in, that's that's the wonderful thing is you can listen to them comfortable and whatever. It's just that there's the fear that hopefully that won't be the case where they try to centralise it and make it like that rigidly because because then it's making it too that way. If you know, what I mean, there's no difference then between yeah. a podcast and listening to a radio show, right? And you know, another dynamic that happens with these companies is they get kind of bought by the advertisers. So, and then they're beholden to the advertisers. So I have some ideas. I'm not quite ready to disclose, but I think there's, there's an approach that would be appropriate that would, it would require people to pay, but it would be in, 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 with the goal of, of not having advertisers on a platform directly. Um, and I don't want to hold too tightly to that because I want to leave open the option for podcasters themselves to possibly advertise on the platform or somehow find more listeners through chat pods. Um, but having some company like advertise televisions or advertise uh you know playstations or video games or something like i don't really want to do that and and i'm hesitant to say i never will because you know i i would like to make a little money i would like at the very least to sustain my uh you know development efforts on this app without having to worry about other work um so that's why I'm a little hesitant to say I'll never advertise. But my goal is to produce enough value that people are actually willing to pay just a little bit and possibly try to loop in podcasters to where they can make a little a little money also. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's another touchy subject in itself, you know, because of advertising on social networks and things. But mm-hmm. in a sense... It, you're providing a service and you can see it from the other point of view. It's, it's a tricky one because I can see why people who develop these things, you know, could feasibly look at this side of, pod, of, of advertising and think, well, it does help us to make the, make the system better because we're actually getting paid to actually put in the, to actually do that. But, it's right. it's a two sided thing, you know. You know, do people want to pay or do they want it free? But with advertising, it's you know, it's that sort of yeah. 
it's a, a subject and a half right there. Yeah, and I think the real, the only real risk, it could, it could sound benign. It's like, oh, I'm just advertising to make a little money and that kind of thing. But when you see the capture happening, like the fact that uh, I think it's somewhere, it's like seventy or eighty percent of, of all advertising on United States television networks are for pharmaceutical companies. You know, you see that there is some incentive for the television stations to favor them. You know, um, it's just a fact and it happens on, you know, it's happened on Twitter. It's happened uh, in a lot of different areas where advertising happens. So that's, that's another approach that I have to, you know, be a little cautious about. All I will say on the, uh, the Twitter thing and, and, and actually it's the same all over. There's something happening at this moment. We're in a moment where there are changes afoot on on a lot of things, technological, technology wise and social media wise. We're in a certain, you know, we're in a place now where things are going to change. But in a way, you can't see how things are going to change. And you know, some people might think, "Oh, I don't know what's going to happen this there and there and there." But it's almost like, well it's almost like you almost have to push yourself and just go, do you know what? Let's just see where it goes mm-hmm. in a sense. And so that's what I'll say there. That's sort of like, a, a, I'm just trying to be more positive about it and put a positive sheen on, on the way that things are changing. Sure. All over. Yeah. Sure. And you know, it's, it's changing at a pace that's unprecedented and in a way that's unprecedented because there's so many different pockets of or siloed idea structures. You know, people, they get their information from uh, very specific places and others get theirs from some somewhere else. So it's making it challenging to align at times. And it's, it's making the market harder to predict in in terms of like well what what products will succeed you know what will twitter be in 5 years will it be you know a super successful x.com or will people not be so thrilled about that approach um and then they go off and use other platforms it's it's really hard to predict i mean i'm not a particular fan of the you know we've gone off in this subject now and i wasn't going to but the, the the thing of charging people for the blue tick or whatever and the different levels of that, I can see why that, to use, you know, I can see why that irritates people. But there's also another side to that, which is, you know, if they're able to make money from these people, these celebrities or these people who are high profile in a sense, that might help them to keep Twitter running along as it is and cut down on the advertising and still keep the service as it is, or even better it, in a sense. And yeah. that's probably the way that they're looking at it, to be honest. But even though I have my yeah. problems with, with Elon Musk anyway, but, you know, it's it's what it is. Maybe they're just trying to see how things can be done better or differently. Well, sure. No, I, I think it's actually, it was pretty innovative. It's something I've considered also. Um, 
And the best argument for it is the advent of generative AI bots. You know, when we're faced with a lot of possible disinformation uh, in all different directions, I mean, it could be just... It could just be spam, you know, it could be all kinds of different things that clutter your experience of a social platform. So I've thought, well, how am I going to address that into the future? And the verified account approach is tempting because it seems fair. You're like, hey, you know, you're using this app. We want to make sure that you're not a bot. So you're going to pay a little bit of money here. Uh, and we'll give you a blue tick. It'll make you have a nice little feeling inside <laughs> and um, people will know this is accurate. But on the flip side of that, it's like people kind of want anonymity with some of these uh, they're posting. You know, maybe they have really good reason to. Maybe, um, you know, they're they're expressing some political views that they don't particularly want their colleagues to know about. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they're interested in a, in a topic that they just don't want their personal identity associated with. So that's where the blue tick is, is challenging for me. I, I would like to avoid it if I can. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Also, for a lot of independent podcasters, it's a bit expensive as well for us to pay that out to get a blue tick tool yeah. to say, look, pods like us, I am Marv. I am the person behind pods like us. I want the blue tick, but I can't afford that much money. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to do that to podcasters. You know, I would want to give podcasters the blue tick without anything because I want you on the platform. And at some point, I'm going to design a flow. That will be like an automatic verification. Um, I've, I have it in my mind, but the timing is, you know, I, I have a backlog of a lot of different features that I want to implement. And I'm the only one working on this right now. And for the most part, it's part time. Um, and, and like I've been working on this for a little over a year, all just in my spare time. Uh, like after my full-time job and um, yeah, so it's a lot of work. I want to implement that feature. And like I said, I, I do want to actually make podcasters money if I can. And I think that there, there's some opportunity for that. Like I said, I'm not quite ready to disclose this idea, uh, but it will be coming hopefully in the next month or so. Well, at the moment, you've developed a an app or a software that is very useful for the listener. So as a person, you know, who is a lover of podcasters and a podcaster as well. So I love po listening to podcasts and I love making them. At the moment, it's good that you're looking at that side of it at the moment for the for the listeners, because that if you carry on with that, you're making that a better system for them. And once you've got that to the level that you want to get it at, then go to the world of the podcasters themselves to that, that go into that, that area for the pod, right. for, the, for the app essentially. And then we'll come on board then when you've got the listeners there and you've got, got them a good service that they really enjoy. Then we can come on as podcasters 
with a when you get that in line and, and and up and running and sorted out, and then they'll have someone to come to. Then essentially, I'm saying I like the yeah. idea that you're getting it sorted for the listener first, and then you'll come to this later because you're making it the best experience for them before we come online as the creators. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that feedback. That makes sense. And I know, as I've spoken with a few people, uh, in the time that we've been talking, you know, I've been talking with other podcasters and we're all in line for a few, quite a few of us have discussed and said that we're happy about this and we're really looking forward to seeing where it goes to in the future. That's for sure. That's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I mean, if you if you feel inclined, you know, encourage people to use it and give me the most critical feedback. Like, I want to hear if they think it's terrible and and how in every way, so that I can really make it excellent. So that's my goal. It's like all platforms, you know, they start off at one sort of level, and it's it's almost like a podcast as well where you start off your episode one is nothing like episode a hundred. There's so much difference Absolutely. between episode one, episode a hundred. And it's the same with all things and technology where you are here with software is not where you'll be. I mean, the original Microsoft windows is not the same as Microsoft windows. Now, do you know what I mean? It, it changes over Absolutely. time and adapts. And the iteration. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And Chris is open, just like he said, you know, there's the feedback option there. So if you have any suggestions for things that could be used that that he might not have thought of or he might have thought of, but you don't, um, don't realise, he's open to you contacting him through that and letting him know what you like about it and things that you think could be placed in there to make it work better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and right now you can find it on uh, the Apple App Store. I'm working on Android so I'm I'm very close to getting that build out. Um on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and I feel like I'm missing one of them. But yeah, on social media, <laughs> chat pods. Have you gone over to threads yet? Um, I've checked it out. They um I tried to access it through the web a few times, but I don't think they have the web app. No, they've not got the web for it yet, no. So whenever they do that, I'll probably start using it um, just for more exposure. You know, Oh, yeah, Facebook. That's the other one. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I Threads is an interesting beginning. Um, like, like, like people keep yeah. saying, it's very similar to X or Twitter, as everybody will probably continue to call it. Um, there's certain things that make it a bit different, like because for for the most part, threads is linked is linked through your Instagram uh, account because it's part of Meta. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting. So it keeps your profile details from your Instagram account. It has that similar, like you know, the Twitter sort of like thing with it, but. You can put more pictures on it if you want to, and you can do, you can attach more videos than you can on a Twitter. You've got the same limitation there as you do with with Instagram, essentially. So you can put, I think, ten photographs or videos in a feed, 
with your message, which you've got a you've got a limit on Twitter of four, I think it is. So there's that that makes it sort of interesting. Um, mm -hmm. But it's in a way, it's not that much different to Twitter. So what do I put on Twitter that I don't put on threads or what do I put on threads to make it different to the Twitter account? Because I always try to approach each different social media as to what that works with that way. So how would you use that to this, that and the other? So, yeah, it's strange. Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways it's really just a, a flex of Mark Zuckerberg showing, hey, we can do this pretty easily. And we already have a huge user base that we can leverage. Um, so I don't know, you know, it's, uh, I believe that the market will decide. And it's interesting because there's this kind of fragmentation of social media now. And there's others coming on. And I don't know how. I don't know how it will evolve, um, but I'm just trying to be the leader in the, the podcast social media. Hey, this is Brian with Concerts That Made Us podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us, a great show about other great shows. How do different podcasts get put onto the uh put onto the app essentially how do you get those shows on there because there are shows that aren't on there at the moment that are friends of mine and right i'm thinking how that happens is it just randomly you look for podcasts and you add them on as you find them yeah so right now they have I, it has all the podcasts that should be on uh google so google podcasts are more open yeah. um and there's also the ability to like manually type in uh, a podcast. So that will search um, all of the, so the way that, so it, it syncs with Spotify too. So yep. there might be some on Spotify, but not on Apple, vice versa. Um, so I do have a button there that you as a user can go and try to add a podcast. Yep. And it's, it's, a, it's a little bit smart. You know, so it goes and it searches the internet. It searches that. Uh, it searches Google and uh, Spotify for a podcast. And then, if it doesn't come back and you don't find what you're looking for, I just ask the user for feedback. And I try to, you know, if I need to, I can go and manually add the podcast to my database. Yep. Um, so that's the idea right now. It's about as good as I can do at this point but i wanted to make sure that i was independent from all other platforms yeah. so i built out my own you know full podcast database that's great so are you are you basically for that purpose are you developing a form of ai yourself to be able to do that or is it or is it done from a manual point of view um so right now that none of that's ai it's man it's like it's automated you know so yeah. i'm a programmer i've automated a good amount of that but you know sometimes you still have to do the dirty work and yeah. uh do it manually okay. yeah so what advice would you give to people if they were making a podcast of their own 
Um, if they're making a podcast of their own, I would say identify what you're really interested in and come up with a format that you enjoy. If it's one-on-one -on -one conversations, if it's group chats, if it's, you know, interviews with random people on the street, um, if it's a video blog kind of thing, uh, in just purely informative, any, any different format. And then create good content around your interest. Make sure that people you bring on or information that you distribute is really good quality. And that being more important, like we've said, more important than the audio quality or the video quality, it's really the content. And then maintaining consistency over time and listening to what, what your listeners have to say about your podcast and uh, be open to being a little flexible um, and stick with it. You know, it takes time to cultivate any sort of audience. Um, oftentimes it's more than 100 episodes. So don't get discouraged when you feel like no one's listening because maybe at some point they will. Um, and I would also say you can use chat pods to go and, and see what people are, are thinking about your, your podcast. And you can encourage them to go comment and get some good feedback on your, on your podcast there. Cool. Thank you, Chris. And what yeah. sort of podcast do you actually listen to yourself? Or another way to put this, alternatively, are there any shows out there that you think people should check out? Um, yeah, so I, I definitely like self-development kind of stuff. So Andrew Huberman was, has been a really good uh, science-based health kind of podcast. He gives actionable advice. You know, he's a Stanford neuroscientist, really sharp guy, and he brings on experts uh, across all kinds of different realms of health and, and mindset. Um, he's really good. If you like, if you're interested in AI, there's also the NVIDIA AI podcast. It's really high, high quality, pretty technical uh, for a technical audience. And um, yeah, the, those are my go-tos. I like All In, the All In podcast, to get a, a sense of kind of where the economy is. It's it's an interesting kind of fun. They have some back and forth banter that can be entertaining, uh, depending on you know what you're looking for. And then there's also I like Lex Friedman. He's he, he gives uh, pretty good interviews with a wide variety of different people. Uh, and he leans on the technical side too. So yeah, those would be some of my recommendations. I need to check out video. Do what do I, ooh, what do I listen to? I, I listen to all sorts of podcasts. Are there some that I think people should listen to uh, than don't? Um, I like, you know, I like things like, um, there's a show from Australia called A Breath of Fresh Air where Sandy Kay will speak to people. It's, it's a one-on-one, -on -one essentially. She talks to like people from the music industry most of the time, sometimes from other industries, like fame, almost famous people from back in the day. And it's a nice 52-minute 
long form chat with somebody that you'd normally only have on a show that's 15 minutes or five minute you no know, block of oh let's get what we need to to promote this person's film or this person's new album it's more of a longer form and they get come out with some interesting things in there and the way that it's put together i'm just mentioning that one because she doesn't get very many numbers which i don't understand at all because of you know the the quality that it is because it is really well produced for for what show it is um mm. I'll shout that one out. If I shout out every single podcast I listen to, uh, I'll need quite a few episodes just to shout all, all the shows that are in my feed, yeah. to be honest. I, I know what you mean, for sure. And uh, that's another thing that I've been reflecting on for chat pods is to help organize those. You know, I, I feel like all the apps, they don't really do a great job of organizing your own podcast preferences and episodes that you need to keep in line uh so that's another user interface thing i'm reflecting on right now for improvements um and i would say as a bonus to to you know advice to podcasters you know make sure you're getting your your podcast out there you know it's not always build it and they will come sometimes you have to put in the effort to show people that you're even there yeah yeah Make sure that you promote it on the social networks that you've got so that people know it's it's out there because there, there will yeah. always be people that are looking for something, don't know that it's there because they've not heard the show before. And then, you know, you'll get the subscribers if you if they like your content. Absolutely. Anyway, where can people find you and get hold of you then, Chris? Um, yeah, so I personally am on LinkedIn. That's pretty much my only social profile. Um, and then I have chat pods on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, yeah, if you search chat pods, it'll say something like the ultimate podcast community or podcast hub. You can find the app on the Apple app store and soon to be the Android play store. Um, and you can find me on chat pods yep chat pods you can find uh chatpods.app by the way that's right yes thank you that's fine and on there you've got a it's it's simple enough you're there you've got the front page you can uh click the menu thing in the corner to to find what you're after but there's a really good blog section there as well with like i said lots of blogs about podcast if you're interested in it and everything you've ever wanted to know about the world of podcasting is right there. Hmm. Thank you. That's okay. You can find Pods Like Us on Twitter, Instagram, um, threads, and TikTok. And you can contact us through podslikeus at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Thank you.